Man, oh man, oh man, welcome back to another episode of Drake's Corner. Here we are again. It is October 19th. It is a Tuesday. Um, we have the NBA season openers tonight with the Nets, Bucks, and Warriors, Lakers. Uh, we have, um, you know, some TMZ-esque drama that happened since my last episode. We'll get into that here in a second. Um, you know, we had some good football over the weekend, NFL, college, some good, some good games that happened. Um, I'm a little sick. If you can't tell by my voice, I I, I picked up a cold. It's, it's the weather's changing here in the Midwest. Um, yeah, and it's kicking my allergies into the into headgear. And yeah, um, if you can't tell, I got the setup a little different. I got the laptop off to the left instead of in the middle. It's a little easier for me. And uh, I got a, I got a glass of water. I gotta stay hydrated. You know. All right, a little ASMR there. Sorry. Um, you know, let's hop right into it. Um, like I said, some TMZ-esque drama. Since the last episode, uh, John Gruden got, uh, you know, he uh, resigned immediately after I filmed my last episode. And I was like, man, I this couldn't have been worse timing for me to drop my episode. But we can pick on it, pick on up and on it right now. Um, I know I'm a little late to the party, but... I'd like to give my input. Um, as much as I'd like to say how bad of a person he is, um, which I don't disagree with in, at all, um, I just think, you know, instead of beating a dead horse, uh, I'd rather talk about, you know, how the Raiders can respond, like, respond to this as, you know, they started off as a contending team in the AFC. They started off 3-0. Derek Carr was firing from all cylinders, you know, throwing over 400 yards a game in the first three games. Um, decent amount of touchdowns. You know, they look good. They look like a contending team in the AFC. And then in classic Raiders fashion, they drop off two two games. You know, it, it seems to be that the Raiders always start the season hot and then they just curl up into mediocrity. Um, you know, <clears throat> sorry. Darren Waller looks good. Derek Carr looked good. The defense looked fire passionate. Um now, how how will they respond to their to their leader of two years being you know resigning being let go? Uh, I I saw a passionate uh, game against the Broncos from them, and I it seems to be they played with passion and fire rather than curling up into a ball. Um, to touch up on John Gruden though, um, what he said in those emails was terrible and absolutely unexcusable. Um, it happened. In a, in, during the course of seven years. You know, we had that first little hint uh, 10 years ago where he made that horribly racist comment towards one of the, I, I forget what his title is, but it was like an NFL staff member. And, you know, it was one thing 11 years ago. It was said in 2010. So at a point, I was like, everybody, everybody makes mistakes. It's one thing. Let's not hang our hats on somebody for something they said over 10 years ago. But then we later found out he said anti-gay remarks. He uh, continued saying racist things, called Roger Goodell the F-bomb. Not, uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so him being or resigning was the ultimate right. I mean, it was it's inevitable there at that point after, you know, seven years of ongoing stuff like this. Um, but at to a point, I don't think that, you know, if there's one deal 
if somebody somebody said something 15 years ago as you're a celebrity it should not you can't be canceled over one thing i I, i've struggled to understand how people can get canceled from you know pat like stuff in the past like i'm talking years in the past if it was recent like a month or a week ago that's i mean that kind of adds up to who you are today but um i don't i don't think that it should define your character if it's within you know just one mistake one mistake doesn't make up a person and i think we can all agree as people that that's not how life should be that's not how we should be treated um who are we to judge that's my personal opinion i'm not speaking for anybody else um but yeah with mistakes happening john gruden is not in that case he continued to be hateful towards groups of people over a seven-year course and he was rightfully going to be fired he resigned before it could happen and his apology letter was kind of pitiful because he didn't apologize for anything he basically said he basically played the victim card if we're being real he i i didn't want to hurt anybody john and at this point his legacy's tarnished he had a legacy before this he was a, a super bowl winning coach he had a quarterback camp he had a show on espn uh prospecting many different quarterbacks and now it's all you just it just you got to think about your character here and who you are john you were one of the most looked up to coaches in all the land and now it's gone and rightfully so it should be that's my take on that um i don't want to say much more on it i'm late to the party already so um more tmz drama kyrie irving um as much as i want to keep the politics out of sports kyrie irving is not currently vaccinated um this is leaving him missing more than half the games of the season right now um the the first thing i would like to say immediately about this whole situation is that nobody should say that Kyrie Irving is in any manner a selfish man. Um, Kyrie has given back to his community as much as any professional athlete or celebrity can. Um, he has inspired a lot of the youth with how he plays the game, how he has his own shoe line, he provides for his community. Um, he's a great uh, ambassador of the Muslim community. Kyrie Irving is one of the most unselfish uh, athletes I've ever, you know, witnessed in my life. Um, his choice is his choice to get vaccinated or to not get vaccinated. And I think as hard as it is as a Nets teammate, my view on it is being a teammate is more than on the court play. If you're going to be a teammate, you are going to act like a standing brother to that man. That's how sports was for me growing up, um, playing with teammates. These are my brothers. Um, you hold, I mean, but also being a teammate, you have to hold him accountable. Um, they obviously need him on this Nets team. And, you know, but if it's his choice, if it's against his religion, if it goes against what he believes, that's his choice. And Nets teammates are going to have to understand that. His fans are going to have to understand that. And it doesn't define, like, like what I was talking about earlier, character. This doesn't define character. It's just personal choice. Um yeah, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, I know it's a, the whole issue with him missing games is um, involved with the state of New York rather than the NBA. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe he gets vaccinated. Maybe um, 
he can play in most of the playoff games. Who knows? Um, we obviously know that the Nets are a good team, and they can hang without Kyrie. They have Durant and Harden, two of the best facilitators in basketball. So, um, but yeah, it's been a big deal on CNN. They like to use Kyrie or like any uh, media outlet or news outlet has been using Kyrie Irving's name as kind of like their stance on the vaccine, like, oh, this player is not getting the vaccine. Look at this Patriot. Or he's not getting the vaccine. Look how selfish he is. This is none of – this should not be, a, you know, a image for your political agenda um, as a news outlet. Like, anybody using that is um, – they don't know what Kyrie thinks with politics – they don't know his personal stances, so they can't use him to their agenda. I think that's disgusting, and it ruins true journalism. Um, yeah, and all in all, I just like to keep the politics out of sports. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah, so those are the uh, the uh, E News esque um, segments of my show tape here today. Um, to jump into something lighter, uh, you know, college football. Over Saturday, we had a few good. We had we had some surprises. We had a few good games. Uh, first point, I would I just have a few takes on the week for college football. Georgia is obviously the undisputed number one team. Uh, I think we knew that from maybe week three after they shut out Arkansas. Um, they their defense looks like a professional defense. Um, I think most of those most of those guys will probably. Mo- a lot of their elite talent will be NFL players. I see four to five defensive players that could go first round on that Georgia squad, including three of the linemen. Um, yeah, they they are the number one team in the nation, and they will be number one in the college football playoffs. Um, Iowa turns out to be a fluke. They were jumps up to number. They jumped up to number two over last week's AP poll, and they lost handedly to Purdue. They lost. They only scored seven points. Um, and Iowa, you know, they, they've had years and years of fighting to be an elite squad. Um, they've, they've kind of been uh, on, the, on the pinnacle of the Big Ten with Ohio State and Michigan. Um, but over the last few years, we've seen more elite talent from them. Um, they're tight end university. You know, they got a lot of good tight ends. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, alumni of Iowa. Um, they like that big bulky style of football and it's it's been paying off for them they just haven't you know fought for a spot in the college football playoffs and you know to most i think this year probably w- would have been that year but uh turned out to be a fluke um and it you know as a nebraska fan it kind of kind of makes me happy but at the same time i kind of feel bad for them because um they've been, they've kind of been building a squad like being totally honest they've been building you know, true football players, true, a good program, a good style of football. And I thought this year they were going to, you know, contend for a championship. And, you know, with a loss like that, chances are over. And that kind of like pushes my, my opinion for an uh, eight team college football bracket instead of four. Um, Cause I don't think one loss like this should, you know, hinder their chances of uh, fighting for a championship. Oh, uh, we also learned that Cincinnati has turned into a real deal football team. They are sitting at number two on this week's AP poll. Um, you know, it's it's good to see teams like Cincinnati, you know, who've kind of been 
you know, mediocre at sports. Um, they've been okay at basketball over or college basketball. Um, but you know, it's good to see something new like them in the top two. That's insane. Um, yeah, it's definitely breaking the four pillars. Like I stated last week of college football, um, you know, those, um, super teams per se, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Georgia, where all the top recruits go. It's good to see something new with Cincinnati. You know, they built, they have a decent amount of seniors on their squad. And, you know, it's good to see like, uh, an organization built from the ground up kind of like Iowa, but they're actually the real deal. Um, also Caleb Williams, true starting quarterback for Oklahoma, as we saw, and as I'd like to remind everybody again, how right I was on Spencer Rattler being absolutely terrible and about to enter the transfer portal. That's another prediction that I think is going to happen. Um, yeah, he made Oklahoma look like an elite, like offensive powerhouse. Um, wasn't a close game at all against TCU. Um, and I don't see Rattler playing the rest of the year and I see him entering the transfer transfer portal. So yeah, good, good to be a sooner. It's, it's a good time to be a sooner fan. Um, Caleb Williams is your guys' go-to, and he looks real solid. So yeah, that those are my takes right now for college football. Um, it's, it's exciting. I really want. I really wanted an eight-team college football playoff bracket. That'd be sick. It would be. It'd be you know, um, decent to see um, like player teams like Iowa who had a, a loss um, be able to bounce back to try and fight for another chance because. One loss in college football kind of just puts you down to the uh, out of the college football playoff picture, and it sucks. Um, yeah, that's it for college football. Let's jump into our highlight of the week, brought to you by Julio Jones on Monday Night Football. Bit of a low snap. Tannehill. Flag is out. Tannehill will throw down the field. Off the helmet, Julio Jones catches it. And let's see, they're going to say he was out of bounds. Off the helmet of Micah Hyde. And there's a lot to unpack there for these officials with these great bloodlines. Here, Even Julio's got a smile on his face after that one. He's like, I never, I caught a lot of passes in my day, but I don't think I've ever caught one like that. It looked like his feet were down. Should get the ball at that spot regardless, but let's see. They are taking their time tonight so far. The ruling on the field is a complete catch at the 29-yard line. There are two fouls against the defense on the play. Offside, number 98, that penalty's declined. Pass interference, number 23, that penalty's declined. First down, Tennessee. Even better, we get a great highlight out of it with a catch by Julio Jones. That's his great concentration and not giving up on the play. Micah Hyde has his back turned to the ball, can't really continue to shadow and stay in phase with Julio. And these are the kind of effort plays they're going to need to make. Look at him just touch the Jeez. left toe. Yeah, Julio, go ahead and smile. That was an insane catch. I could not believe he got both feet inbound. You, um, you know, Julio's top five in talent. I think, uh, I think that's inevitable. I, some people might disagree, but he's just a physical specimen. 
and that game was absolutely insane. We'll get into into that game a little bit more later. Um, as for now, the NBA uh, the NBA regular season is kicking off here tonight. Um, I got some I got some award predictions. Um, yes, I got uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Sixth Man of the Year predictions right here. Um, for the regular season. My MVP prediction is Luka Doncic. Um, I think, you know, Luka Doncic is entering his prime. I think this upcoming year and the three, four, five years after that will be considered his prime. I really, I think the last three years he's had were his developmental years and he will be, this This will be his prime year. I think, I think his time is due and this is his year for the regular season. Now, if they pick up another good scoring piece, this team will be an elite talent in the Western Conference. Luka Doncic, I could see him averaging, um, I could see him close to averaging a triple double, a thirty point triple double this season. Um, I think he'll be a lot, a lot better scorer. I think he's figuring out, you know, um, NBA teams and how they're guarding him. And you know, teams could think they're figuring out Doncic, but I know he has a lot more tools in his book. Um, he's he's figuring out Carlisle's scheme pretty well. He's he's getting a hang of it. I see a lot of James Harden and Luka Doncic, like prime Harden. Um, you know they kind of they kind of run him at the point guard, um, work ISO ball up top, and then kick out if it doesn't work basically. And they're gonna be forced to double team him like they were Harden when he won MVP. Um, I see a huge year for Luka Doncic. Um, if they pick up another piece, I could see a big trade happening. Uh, with Porzingis, you know, middle of the season, kind of. Um, but yeah, Luka Doncic, I think he's entering the his prime this upcoming year, and he's my he's my top pick for MVP. Um, next, probably down is Giannis. Um, as I think the Mavericks, I think the Mavericks might be a fourth or fifth seed here in the West. Um, but I think Luka will have like a triple double esque season, and that will push him to the MVP title. Um, with these predictions, I could be, I think I could be completely right, or I could just be God awful. I think I could get every one of these wrong if I really tried to, um, which I might, which is why it's fun. I wish I could put money down on it, but I'm not going to, I, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler. No, I won't. I won't do it. Um, defensive player of the year. I got Giannis. Um, Giannis won it two years ago. He made a defensive uh, he was just on a defensive rampage during the playoffs. Um, we had seen nobody shut down the Suns scheme in the finals after two games when they completely swept them. They completely demolished them defensively. And it was mainly led by Giannis. It was also because of the average wingspan on the size of the, of, on the Bucks, you know, front and backcourt. Um, they had complete giants on their squad like Bobby Portis, Tucker, Lopez, Giannis. Drew Holiday is a defensive specimen, too. Um but I think Giannis is going to have an insane um, statistic season with defensive stats. I think he'll have as much blocks as a center would, and I think he'll have amount of steals as someone like Drew, Drew Holiday would have. I think he can. I think he can push for defensive player of the year this year, and I. That's who I'm going to go with. Um, I can see Gobert being second. Obviously, that man is a machine. But I think Giannis will put up a statistical barrage of defensive stats. Um, my rookie of the year goes to Jalen Green. You know, he has the NBA figured out. He is a true scorer. 
He played in the G League, already has the three-point line figured out, the whole the whole shooting deal. He knows how to score one-on-one. We saw it in the G League against basically scrubs. Um the kid no the kid gets it. He we saw it in the summer league. He and Cade Cunningham both get it. Those are the two guys who get it um out of that rookie class right away. Uh but I say th- I think Jalen Green will average twenty plus points in his first year. Um he he's yeah, he seems just like a uh born to born to score guy. He knows how to score and he know I think this Houston can build around him with facilitators they'll be a good up-and-coming squad here in the next four give it four to five years before they're back in the playoffs um yeah Jalen Green is my pick for rookie of the year I think I think he'll be a nasty scorer and yeah if they find the right pieces around him this could be a deadly squad and yeah like I said four to five years um most improved player I got Jordan Poole um Warriors guard um he showed signs of being a great one-on-one scorer last year um, we saw some highlights over the preseason and summer league of Jordan Poole. Um, he seems to be a, a more polished version of himself than last year. Last year, he was kind of more of a reserved bench role. This year, I think he'll come off as their six man. Um, I think he'll put up around 15 or 16 points. I think he'll be like a, a Jordan Clarkson type esque player. Um, great shooter knows how to score inside. Um, he'll be a great off the bench player for the Warriors, um, and add the scoring uh scoring pouch to the bench for the Warriors. And, you know, the Warriors with Clay Thompson back, they're gonna have a lot of talent. And yeah, this guy's gonna be a big piece on their bench. Uh six man of the year, I got Jordan Clarkson. He's gonna run it back as six man of the year. I'm sorry. He is a true starting lineup player, but on the Jazz with their guard play, he is on off the bench. And um, you know, uh Clarkson knows how to knows how to score. He's got a shot. He's uh, averaging nineteen to twenty points a game off the bench, um, and and that scoring talent doesn't go away. Um, he knows how to pass. He's he he he's a point guard, but he knows how to play like shooting guard. And yeah, I he ran away with that six man of the year award last year, and I think he'll do it again. Um, yeah, NBA NBA is back. I'm excited. Um, we'll do we'll. We're gonna do something with their with team rankings here, in an upcoming episode, which I'm very excited for. But those are my regular season predictions. Obviously, a lot of things will change around playoff time and whatnot. But yeah, with this list, I could be completely right or completely wrong. I think that's why it's super fun to do. Um, you know, we started off the show last week with our NFL power rankings. It's the finale this week. What do you know? Um, you know, we had a. We got some changes on this list. I'm going to just jump right into it. Number 10 is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, I see them making strong stances against decent teams. Um, they had a strong stance against Green Bay. They um, destroyed the Lions. They'll beat most mediocre teams. They'd need a better defense, that's for sure. Um, they beat the Vikings. Um, they they have a great – they know how to play offense. Let's, they know how to throw and run the ball. And that's about it. This number 10 spot here will change every single week because um, I think the teams ranked from 10 to 20 are most of them are evenly matched and it could go either way. Um, but right now I see I see promise with their offense. I think they can make a run. 
at um you know a wild card spot in the AFC if their offense keeps rolling they they'll beat most of those mediocre teams like in the 10 to 20 range like I said and they they need a better defense but they're sitting at number 10 so maybe they'll go on a run here move up the list you never know oh hold on I need a oh sorry now this call this cold, man. I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't get sick often. I know I'm pretty sick, but I don't get sick. Um, anywho, uh, the Chargers are sitting at number nine for me. Uh, shit, shit show performance against the Ravens. They were sitting at number four for me last week. Um, they're still a top ten team. I'm not gonna deny it. Um, you know, even though they lost pretty bad to the Ravens, um, there's no denying the talent they have with uh, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams. Uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, those type of guys—they are all—they uh, have—they have it figured out. Um, it's just consistency. We know Herbert's the real deal. Um, their defense needs to step up big time, though. Uh, that was a disgusting performance against the Ravens. They just didn't look ready. You know, it kind of reminds me of the Packers Week One against the Saints, and now the Packers are five and zero in their last five games. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how they respond next week. They—I'm uh, sorry, but when you're a top five team, you have to rightfully. Uh, keep that spot and then they dropped five spots on my list for that reason I'm sorry number eight I got the Titans huge win against Buffalo we saw it Derrick Henry is leagued above every other running back 789 yards rushing this year he is over 100 yards over the next running back on the list not the number number one spot on the rushing yards list um, you know with the Titans they uh, their defense could be better against good offenses like Buffalo. You know, they make big plays. They had a few uh, forced turnovers, um, but their offense looks elite. They are absolutely rolling with the run game. They have elite receiving core. Tannehill could be playing a little better, but they get the job done. They're scoring over 30 points. But, um, you know, the the game came down to a last-second sneak, and the defense came up big. Um, so, they yeah, they move up two spots. Um, most of the time, if they beat the number one team in the league, um, you move up more, but you know, it could have, it really could have went either way. So I think I'm being generous with giving them two spots up. Uh, they're number eight on my list. Um, it's crazy how they go from losing to the jets to being who I consider the number one team in the league. Uh, that's huge. That's a huge turnaround. And if they can keep rolling, uh, yeah, they will be a playoff contender in the AFC. Uh, number seven, I got green Bay. Uh, I don't like to talk about it, but, uh, they had a big win against my bears. Aaron Rodgers looks into the crowd. He says, I own you. He told he told my fellow Chicagoans that he owns us. And you know, as as prideful as I am, he does own us right now. They put on a great offensive showcase. Uh Rodgers is making a statement. They won five straight games. Real balanced football. Their their defense handled the it was the Bears offense, but they handled us. Um Devontae Adams, still the number one receiver in football, no doubt about it. Aaron Jones, still top 10 running back in the league. Uh, you know, they're they're moving up on my list. They, you know, they were number 10 to start, and they've been only moving up ever since. That's as much of as I'm going to say about Green Bay because I'm getting sick to my stomach talking about them. Um, number six, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they're still sitting at number six. Um because they need to handle teams like the Eagles. Um, great offense. Leonard Fournette went nuts. Um, Godwin, Mike Evans, they all did their – Antonio Brown looked – sorry, he was the main reason. Antonio Brown went nuts. Um, but their defense could use a tad bit more work. I 
with teams against the Eagles, when you're in that top five range for me, you have to dismantle teams like the Eagles. They almost came back, and if it wasn't for a dumb personal foul call at the end, I think the Eagles might have scored because they were rolling. Jalen Hurts and crew were rolling. And on paper, the Eagles receiving core is below average. And if you're the Buccaneers, you need to take advantage of that and put it on a defensive show. We know they have defensive talent. They just have to put it in the place. Uh, They're only sitting at number. They're still going to sit at number six here because they didn't handle the Eagles. Uh, They won by less than a touchdown. So, yeah, I think the Bucs talent is obviously top three. But. You know, once playoff time comes around, we know Brady, blah, 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 all that stuff. But right now, um, yeah, they're sitting at number six. Uh, Number five, Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is number one in my MVP race. Uh, Yeah, that's all I really need to say right now with them. Lamar Jackson is playing absolutely out of his mind. Their receiving core is getting comfortable. They, um, They have weapons looking like they're developing weapons. Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, um... Uh, Sammy Watkins, they are putting on an offensive showcase, and their defense made a huge statement against the Chargers. Um, yeah, they look poised. I think they're a top two team in the AFC. Um, they they're completely rolling. I think that thriller game against the Colts really inspired them, or you know, pushed them to be like, oh, we can, yeah, we can make a run in the AFC. Um, but yeah, Baltimore's sitting at number five for me. number four, I got the Rams. They destroyed the Giants. Um, Yeah, they move up a spot on my list from last week. Um, Even with a few mistakes, they destroyed the Giants. Stafford is getting very comfortable with the offense. Uh, They have elite secondary, elite D-line, great linebacking core. Another, Henderson's getting comfortable. They have a good run-pass balance. They're a very dangerous team if they stay comfortable and roll. Like, they've been, they've bounced back great against after that loss to the Cardinals, and they're putting on a clinic right now. So, yeah, they're a top-four team. <coughs> Sorry. Um, number three, I have the uh, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they uh, they lost against the Titans. But like I said, though, it really could have been either way. They dropped two spots. Um, uh, obviously, they needed a destructive victory if they wanted to stay top two. But, yeah, there's. I still think they're the best team in the AFC. Um, their defense is very good. They need consistency um, against elite offenses within their defense, like um, against offenses like Tennessee. Sorry, that was a mumble-jumble of words, but it made sense. Um, I, th- I still think Josh Allen is a top-three quarterback right now. Um, yeah, their offense looks great. Their defense is very good. But it just needs a little consistency. Um, like I said, that game could have gone either way. It was a it was a heated division rivalry, and um, just went the Titans' way. So, yeah, I still think Buffalo. They're not going to lose many games at all. Um, even if they play Tennessee again, I bet they beat Tennessee. Um, but yeah, they dropped two spots. Close loss, you know. But we know the talent on that squad. Number two, Dallas Cowboys. My goodness. Um, their offense is still menacing teams. Uh, you know, they had a close game with the Patriots. And if I may retract a statement I made last week about the Patriots being bad, uh, I actually think the Patriots are good. Uh, it's Bill Belichick. I really think any scheme with Bill Belichick, the Patriots will be good. It's just the talent they have. They'll make games close against elite teams, but they won't close out. And the Dallas, and Dallas, you know, 
their offense menaced them and they got past the trap game. I think any game against the Patriots for an elite team will be considered a trap game. Um, defensively, Trayvon Diggs pr- is proving he's a machine. Um, had a, almost a game-closing pick six. He has seven interceptions in six games. Um, yeah, that kid's a behemoth, but, um, you know, interceptions don't tell the whole story with cornerbacks, I know, but that stat is absolutely insane. Um, Dak Prescott's doing his thing. He's absolutely just blistering defenses. Um, C.D. Lamb's moving up to an elite level of, of a receiver. Uh, yeah, Dallas, number two, I really think they can make a Super Bowl run. But if they are going to make a Super Bowl run, they have to get past the number one Arizona Cardinals, who are sitting at 6-0, and oh, the only undefeated team left on the list. Man, yeah, they're taking the crown again. I had them number one on episode two, I believe. Uh, they destroyed a good Cleveland offense. You know, they had, they had injuries. I know, I know. Uh, but still, a, to uh, dismantle a Cleveland Browns team that we know who we know who's on their offense. Um, yeah, yeah, they're dealing with injuries, but um, Arizona embarrassed their defense. Uh, they're often, I mean, they have the best receiving core in the entire league, and they just added Zach Ertz. Kyler Murray is a top three quarterback in the league and is probably second best scrambler behind Lamar Jackson. They have so many options on the field, it's ridiculous. And their run game getting kind of com- comfortable with Chase Edmonds, Connor, you got even Kyler Murray to run it a little bit. Uh, their defensive line is elite with Watt and uh, Chandler Jones. You, Their secondary could use a little work, I'd say, but right now they're 6-0. and So, yeah, I they're the most dangerous team in the league. Um, I don't uh, – you know, it can change at any time, but they're undefeated, so they're holding the crown right now. Um, yeah, that concludes my NFL power rankings. Um, it's my favorite – that's probably my favorite segment to do. I'm not going to lie. It's so fun. Um, anyway – that's going to conclude your episode of Drake's Corner. Uh, thanks for bearing with me with my illness. Um, yeah, I'm sorry uh, if I sound a little raspy or I sound under the weather. It's, it's that Midwest life. I, I don't know what else to say. But anyway, thanks for coming. Uh, be here every Wednesday. You know where to find me. All right. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you next Monday. Peace.